Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to the 18th episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. I am so excited about this episode as we are diving into the powerful and magical world of SEO and why as a product business owner, this is something that you must be implementing today. So we have SEO experts, Abby and Courtney of the Duo Collective, and they're sharing so much value on SEO. And you guys know I preach the importance of creating strategies in your business that do not rely on ads, and SEO is absolutely one of them. So a little bit about Duo Collective. They are a revision marketing agency that is focused on entrepreneurs and small business owners who are ready to grow their business with online strategies, including SEO. And so the duo is made up of Abby and Courtney, and they have a strong focus on branding, social media strategy, and all things SEO. So I can say that we had so much fun talking that this is actually going to be a two-part SEO series. And so part one is going to be obviously right now, and then part two is going to come out next week. So you guys better grab your coffee, grab your wine, and this one is going to be such a great episode. Excited to have you guys here today. Hello. We are so excited to be here. Okay. So we are going to be diving into so much awesome SEO stuff. But first, you want to just tell us or not tell us, tell the audience a little bit about your business and a little bit about you and Courtney. Yeah. So um, we are Duo Collective made up of two people. Um, I'm Abby. So I um, am sort of the account side of our business and um, as the design side. So we'll we'll tell you a little bit about ourselves. But really, we um, all began way back at our nine to five um, doing marketing for really big brands um, at an agency. And we would always take coffee shop walks and dream about a different day where we were doing our own thing and working with small businesses and entrepreneurs and helping people, um, with all of their marketing needs. And, um, just sort of dreamed about that until one day we decided what the heck let's let's do it. So mm-hmm. so yeah, that um is sort of like the history of how it began, which is why we always talk about all the beverages because that's how we created this business to start with. Okay. I love that. <laughs> I do notice all of the coffee shops and I always appreciate those. Oh yes. Yeah. We are all we're constantly with coffee, coffee <laughs> or champagne or wine or any kind of drink in our hands. So yes, yes, that's what gets us through the day. Coffee in the morning, wine at night. Yep. 
Um, and yeah, my name is Courtney. And like Abby said, I am the creative brains of the duo. And um, just going back to kind of what she said, we really just, we saw this passion and this desire to do what, what we did at our nine to five, but for smaller, more entre- entrepreneurial businesses. And um, so that's how, how Duo was born. And it's been quite the journey ever since we started about a year and a half ago, but it's, it's been amazing. We've made so many great connections and clients and um, taking the leap was the best thing we'd ever done. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'd say to SEO in general um, is like one of our really huge passions because it's just such a not understood topic of how valuable it can be for anyone's business, um, specifically very much so product and e-commerce businesses. Um, And my experience way back when is I used to write actually as a ghostwriter for a travel blogger Um, many years ago. I would write three blog posts a week for SEO um, that was actually a lot of freaking work, but, um, it was awesome because I would start to through that consistent blogging. I taught myself SEO. Um, I really learned the different strategies and it's also just a testament to the fact that anyone can learn this topic. It's not as technical and crazy as you might think. And also three blogs a week is a lot. Like, how did you do that? Um, it was a lot. I mean, I only got paid $500 a month and I wrote three blogs a week. (laughs) Holy crap. Well, I I guess it's smart that you started your own business because that is insane. That is so much. I mean, I know I usually do, well, I used to do one blog a week for my past e-commerce client. And even that is a lot of work. So three a week is a lot. Yes, it is a lot. Um, I'd say once you get in the rhythm of it, it gets a little bit easier, but I by no means are we recommending everyone start with three blogs a week. Like that's not, not a thing, but um, even just one blog a week, a couple blogs a month can make such a big difference, which obviously we're going to, we're going to talk about. So dive in. So I think just to start off with, just because I also love SEO and I think that was I don't even know how we started chatting. So I I met the Duo Collective, you know, virtually on Instagram, and I'm not even sure how we started connecting. I know I re- I remember finding your one of your coffee photos. I was planning a photo shoot, and I found one of your coffee photos, and I actually saved that as my like vision board, which is kind of funny. And I just loved your branding, and I loved all your images. So I f- I probably messaged you at some point just to like say hello or something, but. That's amazing. I feel we're like love this freaking platform just for yeah. connecting us with so many people like you. Yeah. And it's awesome that we just like grew a friendship on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. It's so insane. I f- we right. feel like we've known you forever. And I know it really hasn't been that long. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I feel like I've known them for like a year, but I don't know. Maybe it's been six months. I have no idea. But I feel like we right, we right. bonded over a love for SEO and then other things. So I love it. <laughs> Um, so I think just to start, cause I think I was going on a little tangent. I'm sorry. So the first thing is I think SEO, like you mentioned is so misunderstood. And I know from firsthand having a product business, what it can do for your business in terms of driving traffic. And I know really for anyone listening, whether you have an e-commerce business, a subscription business, one of your main goals is to drive traffic to your website. You know, you need to get eyeballs on your products and, uh, implementing SEO the right way can do that for you for free. So you're not always having to do ads. You're not always having to do 
every single platform. So we're going to kind of dive in to why this is all like why SEO is important for you. But I would love for you guys to kind of just walk through um, maybe on like an uh, easy scale what <laughs> what SEO is and why people need it. And I know SEO is very complicated and I think people actually are afraid to even dive into it. So I think you guys would be great to kind of just explain uh, what it is and why people need it. Like why is it important? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, we get this question a lot, actually. And um, like Abby said, and like you said before, it's something that a lot of our clients are really scared of. Mm -hmm. And they think that it's going to take a lot of time or energy or even um, education or knowledge. But really, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Um, it's, it seems like it's large and scary. But once you dive into it, it actually, um, it's very teachable. And um, you kind of only have to do it the one time. And then you start to kind of naturally do it through like blogging or Instagram or Pinterest. So it just start, starts to come naturally. Um, and the the definition of SEO is really just that process of making those optimizations or adjustments in order to maximize that number of visitors to your website by ensuring that you appear high on a search engine res results page, aka being found on Google, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So we really like to explain it a little bit like the Instagram algorithm because everyone loves to hate the Instagram algorithm, but they understand that there's an algorithm behind the scenes, yeah. like um, making the rules of what appears. And it's the exact same thing with Google. Google has an algorithm and that's how your content appears on page one is basically you just need to follow their rules in order to show up there. So I think um, a lot of times people just forget that Google, I mean, it's not a social platform. Platform, but you can think of it like one, like mm -hmm. it is a way for you to drive traffic to your website, um, just like Instagram, just like Facebook, just like Pinterest. Yeah. I think a lot of people maybe too are in the understanding that if they have a website, they're going to somehow be found, which isn't also <laughs> not yeah. the case, you know, because if you don't have the right keywords or your SEO optimi optimization isn't set up correctly, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're going to be on the 15th page of Google and nobody goes to the 15th page of a Google search. So I think that's something too, that, you know, we, um, hope to teach people is that you really need that SEO, um, you know, in order to start ranking better on Google. Oh, I always think back to, again to my own business when I when I had my subscription box business, the Dapper Dog Box. You know, I I spent so much time my first six months using Instagram, and while that was a great place to get my first few customers, you know, at some point you kind of max out. You have to diversify, and you have to be in other channels. And um, my husband's friend actually had an SEO agency, and so he's kind of the one who turned me onto it in the first place. But he kind of helped set up HubSpot for me recommend people get HubSpot. I mean, I don't think a lot of new businesses need that. It HubSpot was so easy to be able to start blogging and, you know, do keyword research. And so that's where I kind of fell in love with SEO because I, it was easy. But the second part and the point of my ramble here is that uh, I started blogging and you know, really within six months, I was getting page one rankings on specific blogs that were driving tons and tons of traffic to my website. And then by the time I sold my business two and a half years later, you know, my blogs, I don't remember the exact metrics off the top of my head, but I was getting like 20,000 something visitors per year from one blog post. And it really is so important for people 
to to really grasp the like you have to literally picture Google in your head and picture someone typing in a keyword that would relate to your business. So if you sell shoes or you sell, you know, women's uh, hats or you sell scrunchies, like picture someone going on Google, typing in scrunchies for women, pink scrunchies, white scrunchies, and you showing up, you know, one or two or three on Google, that's how people are going to find your stuff. So I think it's really important to actually visualize yourself showing up on Google because it's it's a free way for you to show up and that's how people will find you. And, you know, I'm I, one of I've, I'm not sure if it was Abby or Courtney, you guys said that, you know, people think that if you build a website, like they will come, but they won't like people <laughs> like people won't find your website. It's it's buried in Siberia because you haven't optimized it. So I'm excited to kind of go through just some of the ways you can actually optimize your website for for the search engine. But I just wanted to point that out because I blogging was so such a valuable part of my business um, by the end of it. And it's all because I did keyword research. I sort of came up with topics based on having a strategy and it it brought tremendous, tremendous results to my business. So um, for sure, we actually like to challenge people that if they have, regardless of what business you have, if you think a blog is not valuable, message us because mm-hmm. we promise you we will find like ways and content that you can create that is valuable. And it's so it's so true. Just even if you think about how you search as a normal human being, Mm -hmm. like how you're searching Google for different items, be conscious of the actual things you're clicking on. Are you clicking on someone's homepage? Or are you clicking on a blog post that's answering your questions? And nine times out of 10, you're clicking on a blog post that's specifically answering your answering your questions, Mm -hmm. not a homepage. So I think that's just super interesting is that your homepage and your core website pages will allow you to rank for a couple keywords, whereas a blog is going to give you the opportunity to rank for an endless amount of keywords. I mean, I have I I do have one current e-commerce client that I actually manage all their marketing for, and it's also in the pet space. And so I've been able to really leverage a lot of the blog ideas I use for my business for them. And it's the same thing. Like it works like a charm. And they're getting, you know, half a million monthly views from Pinterest, all because of the blog post. And Pinterest, of course, is also uh, another search engine, uh, which is a different conversation for a different day. But um, I think that's why, you know, it's just important to know that if you are creating this type of content, your stuff will show up. And the more you do it, it'll you'll just show up in all these different platforms. And it's it's so powerful. So I love it. Good percent. Yeah. It's um, also very exciting to um, ask people where they found you too, mm-hmm. like figuring out, you know, what you know, SEO platform is working best, you know, whether it be they found you on Google, or they, you know, somehow found you through Pinterest or whatever. It's uh, when you start to see those results and see it actually working in the back end. That's where it gets really exciting because you're like, Oh, my gosh, this does actually work. Amazing. It's I always say blogs are, are magical because they really are. They just get you all this traffic for free. You don't have to actually do anything. So it's pretty awesome. Free. Um, free is that keyword. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know it is because so many people just and I was having this conversation this morning with someone. So many product businesses, I mean, in general, any business, they just start their business and they jump into doing ads. They don't really even know they have no idea how to get traffic from other places. Like if you say, you know, where are you getting traffic from? First, they have no idea because they haven't 
set up their Google Analytics. Uh, again, another question, another conversation for another day. Um, yes. And then two, they they don't understand like how to drive traffic, and so it's almost like you have to have a conversation of you know you have to install analytics, and two, you have to like know your you have to know your data, you have to know where traffic's coming from, and if you don't know what channels are working for you, then it's hard for you to actually kind of build an effective strategy. So I think the data part is is really important. I think that's why I also love SEO because I love Google Analytics. I love, I'm such a geek. If you give me a Google, Google Analytics, I'll just be a happy camper going through all the different pages. And, like it's so ridiculous. But anyway, I don't even. too. And I think even like on that note, um, we specifically like to special, like say we specialize in organic SEO. In other words, free, free SEO that doesn't cost you money. We have so many people who are like, can I just pay for that keyword? Like, I don't want to do the work. Can I just pay for it and rank? And our, we usually tell them like, yeah, you can, but the, there's a stat that's like 70 to 80% of people don't click on the paid search results. They scroll down and they click oh, on the organic ones. Interesting. So you're, you're missing so much so much, so many opportunities for click because you're trying to take the easy way out by just paying for a keyword. Mm-hmm. So we always say that organic and free SEO is going to have so much more value in the long run for your business. Uh, and that, I mean, for me personally, I'm such an advocate of free and organic traffic and I talk about it probably way too much, but it's just, it's, I just think, especially for a newer business, you know, you need to be building out your business foundations first and then understand your customer. You have to know where your traffic's coming from and, you know, which places are actually converting into sales. And then, you know, it's probably good to, to, to do some ads, but I just think people jump in just a little bit too quickly when they don't have to, because you can do all these things. And I know, I think we're going to be talking about them today, but, um, there's just so much. (laughs) Agreed. We can have a whole series. <laughs> we'll have to come back because I feel like SEO, there's there's just a lot we could talk about. So um of SEO. I think we I think we talked about it a little bit, but is there anything else that people need to know to kind of understand about it? So um we actually we get this question all the time, like Port said. Um just people asking, like, do I really need to know it? And um, so we have, we literally have these statistics memorized because it's so important and we feel so passionate about it. Um, Just for any, for any business, but specifically for people who have an e-commerce or product-based business, um, 81% of people actually perform some type of online purchase prior to our online research prior to making a purchase, um, especially when it comes to a large purchase. So if you sell a product that has a really high price point, the chances that someone is doing online research before they hit that buy button is really, really high. So you want to make sure that you're showing up there as people are researching for your types of products. Um, and then same with that, just in general, uh, when it comes people often when they're building a website, they think a lot about desktop and they forget about our mobile friend. Whereas 87% of smartphone users are actually using search engines at least once a day on their phone. Mm-hmm. So um, if you aren't optimized for mobile, you're missing, again, a huge chunk of society that's out there looking and purchasing products. So I think it's just so important how people just forget how often others are in search engines versus social media. 
Social media is a really fun place to go when you want to engage, but you're not in a buying mindset. You're not a shopper. Whereas when you're Googling things and when you're on a search engine, you're actually in the mindset where you can more easily convert to being a paying customer. I would say too that social is becoming more and more SEO friendly and heavy. Like they're they're definitely trying to figure it out too mm-hmm. um, because they see the value in it too. So it's not, um, you know, it's it's ideal for your website, obviously, but um, Instagram is diving more and more into it. Pinterest is its own search engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, if you don't know the basics of SEO for, for Google, then um, you're not going to know it for Instagram or Pinterest either. So figuring it out for all of those platforms is going to only help you in the, in the long game. To that, you know, platforms more towards SEO. So that no matter what business you have, you need to be kind of learning the basics of this stuff. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Yep. They translate to every platform. Like um, Instagram just launched the keyword yep. research um, yeah. piece of it. So instead of typing in a hashtag or a specific account, you can just type in a keyword and things will pop up. So if you're not using keywords in your posts, in your bio, and everywhere you can, then you're not going to rank for that. And like, that's, that's a feature of Instagram. Mm-hmm. So even learning these strategies for Google, it's going to 100% relate to Instagram in the future. I was like nodding my head when you, when you were talking about, the, <laughs> when you were talking about the Instagram keyword search, because I, you know, I, of course, I was excited about that, too. And um, I've been playing around a little bit just with where my stuff will be popping up because I'll go into other people's accounts that I manage and or not manage, but I have access to and I'll just kind of plug in some keywords related to me. And it's interesting to see what kind of pops up. So I, um, I feel like maybe we can do another episode on on Instagram and SEO and like how you need to optimize your channel or not channel your um, I think that would be interesting. Um, and I would love to come back to this, but I loved what you said about the mobile optimization, how people are building their websites for desktop, which totally agree with you. And I've sometimes been suckered into this too, where I'm where I am doing a website on Shopify, for example. And, you know, I do build the desktop first and then I go to the the mobile version and I'm like, oh my God, it looks terrible. It looks it looks terrible and I have to kind of change stuff. So I've definitely been guilty of that, but I definitely at least know that you have to do mobile. So can you, maybe we can just talk about it now. Um, can you kind of explain what that means to people? Because I think some people might not quite understand what does it mean to have a mobile an op- a mobile optimized um, website? Yeah, so we actually recommend, it's such a mindset shift. But when you're, if you're a web designer, for any reason listening to this podcast right now, mm-hmm. we always, always recommend that you build for mobile first and then build desktop because um, it's just, that's where people are. So you need to be building for the audience. Um, and mo- the majority of people are going to be looking at your um, your mobile site versus your, your desktop site. And if you don't believe us, you can peek at that in Google Analytics, which again, as um, you mentioned, this could be a whole other topic. But um, the, I bet the, cha- the stat in there is going to show you that you're, you have more mobile viewers than desktop. Um, but that was sort of a side tangent. So 
Um, in terms okay. of mobile, mobile optimization, I'd say the biggest thing is page speed. So a lot of times um, when you're building for desktop, your desktop is going to load things a lot quicker than your mobile phone. So if you are uploading, if you're um, uploading a lot, a lot of products, which we see this all the time um, with product businesses, is um, if you have a lot of images and a lot of products on your page, your page is going to take a very long time to load. And if your page takes more than three seconds to load, you're losing over 50% of people who click on your site because we are just a very impatient society. (laughs) So um, you need to make sure your page loads in less than three seconds. So our favorite tool for this is um, Google Page Speed Insights. So you can just quickly type in your uh, website and then you can see how quickly your page loads on both desktop and mobile, which is really cool. And then they actually give you optimization suggestions right there Mm -hmm. so that you can um, make some of those tweaks. But one of the biggest things that we see with um, product-based businesses is they don't have lazy loading enabled. So this basically just means that you're telling a search engine to um, load images as the user scrolls rather than loading everything at one time. So when you load everything at one time, it takes way longer for your page to load. Whereas let's just load the items that are in view for the user. And then on the back end, the things that people can't see will continue loading, but you'll get them to stick around. So that's the biggest thing I'd say in terms of mobile optimization is page speed. Enable the lazy loading. I've actually not heard of that. So thank you for teaching me something new. But how do people <laughs> how do people enable that? Do you know? Yeah. So it depends on your website provider. Your website provider will either have a way for you to enable it. Some of them just make it easy as like a checkbox. Um, others you might have to like implement code. Um, I would say though, most website providers understand the importance of this. So if it's not clear, like we we always say this to people because Google is our friend. So we're always like Google, lazy loading plus Shopify, lazy loading plus Squarespace, whatever your website provider is, Mm -hmm. what they say, if they automatically do it for you, or if they require you to follow some um, step-by-step instructions. And I do, you know, I get the page, the page speed thing. It It's it's a killer. It is a killer. So mm-hmm. I think that's such a great point for people to know, especially that people are using phone, mobile phones more than desktop. And so if you have not even, you know, say you have a website on Shopify, a lot of e-commerce, you know, I'm just going to use Shopify because that's number one, my favorite. Number two, I think it's really the most popular one. And, you know, if you're not making sure your mobile version looks good, then you want to be tweaking things. Uh, And then number two, as they were talking about the like the page speed and all that, um, there's so many strategies you can do with how you save your images. So I always tell people, you know, you have to save your images for Photoshop and you have to title them the right way, which I think we can probably talk about. But you, you know, it's important to not to do that because as they were saying, if you're if you don't optimize the size, your website will be super slow. And not only will people not stick around, but Google like dings you. I don't know the exact phrase, but they basically penalize you and then your stuff won't show up either. So it, it you get hit either way if your page loads really slow. So that's a really good point. Thank you for bringing that up. 
course, our favorite too, if you don't have Photoshop or you're not um, savvy with it, uh, mm-hmm. Compressed PNG or Compressed JPEG are two super easy websites where you literally drag your image, drop it into the website, and then it decompresses your photo for the web. Um, it takes two seconds and anyone can do it. So they're super awesome resources. JPEG, you said? Yep. Compressed JPEG and compressed PNG, regard- depending on which um, yeah, which which type of image you want to mm-hmm. upload versus a JPEG versus a PNG. Yep. You guys are teaching me all sorts of stuff. Something that a lot of people don't think about either. I think, again, going back to people building websites, they're like, oh, well, I've got, you know, I've got the copy in there that I need and I've got the pictures in there that I need and the images. And, um, you know, they don't realize that it could be really slowing down the, you know, the functionality of their actual web page. So it's, it's fun to teach people stuff that because they're just like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. You know, they could be uploading a high res image that's really slowing their website down. And that's why you're losing people because they're dropping off because it's it's taking too long to load. Oh, and I, like, I think one of you mentioned too, that people don't have patience. It's so true. I mean, yeah. we have no patience. And yeah, I mean, think of yourself on a, you know, just on any website, if it's taking too long to load, you're like, I don't have time for this. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to Google and I'm going to look at the next one on the list and see if, you know, their page is faster. Oh, it's, it's really funny how lazy we are, but I mean, that's the thing. Like you have to, you have to also adapt your business to how people behave in today's society. So, so many things. Um, Okay. So just to kind of get started with SEO, we've kind of talked about the, like the framework of what it does for a business and why it's important. And I want anyone who's listening, I'm going to yell at you guys if you do not implement this stuff, because it's so important. So um, a few things to kind of get started today. Started. I know there's like on-page blogging, et cetera. Do you want to kind of walk us through really anything that people can kind of get started on? Yeah. So um, we there's a lot of terms out there, um, like even SEO, search engine optimization is a term. Um, but there's so many terms that might be confusing. So um, there's on-page SEO and off-page SEO. Um, if you simply add the word my in there on my page and off my page, it becomes really clear what we're talking about. So on my page, SEO is basically your website. What can you control on your own website? And off your page, SEO is everything that drives traffic to your website from somewhere else. So um, just we are always um, advocates of making these terms more simple and easy to understand. So um, if you ever see those words, you know it's either this influences my website and I can change it. Or this is something that is off of my website that I can change. And then um, blogging is is a whole other piece of it. But it, technically, that is something that is sort of on your on your website. So you can think of that like it's something you can control. And oh, I was going to say, do you want to kind of just start? We can kind of break it down step by step. <laughs> I know there's a lot. I know there's a lot of steps. So whatever you feel like sharing, that's good for people to know. For sure. Yeah. So I think we can start with everything that's sort of on your website. So um, when we think about your website as you're building it or as you're adding new products into your pages, um, one of the big things is just word count. Like this is such a simple thing is just the number of words you have on your page. 
So Google actually has these little robots that are inside um, your computer that literally crawl your web page and index you as, as what you are. So if you don't have enough words on your page, Google isn't going to understand who you are, what you do, what you sell. Um, so you need to have those words on your page to explain to them what you are because you can't sit down for a coffee with Google and tell them, this is what I do, this is what I sell. Google has to figure it out from your website. So the recommendation um, from Yoast actually is uh, at least 300 words. I Our recommendation is always between 500 to 1,000 on every single page of your website. Um, and actually, if you think about blog posts, um, the average first page result on Google consists of 1,890 words. So you need to have enough content there in order to actually get indexed for um, the content you want to be indexed for. I didn't know that either. That's so interesting. I knew you had to have you know, I, I've heard you have to have like a couple thousand, but I didn't realize that if you didn't have that, you wouldn't even be on page one. So that's really interesting. That's such a good point to know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, I was just listening to a podcast not that long ago with uh, the Yoast, who is the guy that created Yoast, which is a WordPress plugin, an SEO WordPress plugin, if you don't know what that is. And he was laughing because they actually set the word count rules. Um, and they work with Google all the time. So, you know, they're very knowledgeable. But at the end of the day, the Google algorithm, just like the Instagram algorithm, isn't something you can just pull up and say like, oh, here, here's the checklist of what Google requires. Um, so Yoast actually set those guidelines based on their knowledge and understanding of Google. And everyone likes to say that this is what Google requires. And so he thinks it's really funny and would love to like change the number of like, let's just change it to 500 and see how long the industry takes to say Google requires 500 words. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I was just, I don't know, sometimes I get excited when I learn something new. So. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. We do too. <laughs> we totally do. So then I'd say in addition to just the word count, um, you need to pay attention to the actual keywords that are used within that. Mm -hmm. I think keywords um, is probably my favorite part about SEO. Mm -hmm. um, so if you sit down and think about your perfect customer, you ask yourself questions like, what are their problems? Or what are they searching for in Google? Um, you really need to you really need to know the terms that they're using, um, aka keywords. So let's say, for instance, you're in the pet industry. So move beyond the obvious like, Googling dog toys or dog treats and really think of those longer keywords like dog toys for aggressive chewers, which currently has 2,900 monthly searches or something like dog treats for birthday, which is at 1,900. Um, you really want to, you really want to add to those keywords, um, rather than being so vague about it. If you think about when you go to Google, you know, sometimes we search really specific things and that again is those long tail keywords that um, people are searching for those specific things. So, you know, what is your unique offering beyond just that obvious, you know, dog toys or dog treats? Example too, that's really helpful. I think examples are just great because it helps 
it kind of helps people visualize like what exactly how it could refer to their business. So and it's also so interesting. I was literally recording a podcast this morning <laughs> about um, niching down. And I was talking about how I came up with a niche for my subscription box business. And I actually was talking about how like this is a tangent, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I was talking about how, you know, dog subscription boxes are super vague. But when you niche down and you say, OK, you have a, a box for puppies or you have, you know, Bully Make is a subscription box for heavy chewer. So I was kind of going through the different examples. And again, this is not related, but you mentioned the specifics here. And I think it's, you know, it does relate in terms of just knowing your ideal customer and um, just being really specific and clear of who you're trying to target. So I think that these examples are amazing. So uh, yeah, thank you for sharing. And the thing is too that, um, you know, we really want to touch on is making sure that those keywords are in your site and um, kind of, you know, dispersed throughout because if those aren't there, um, Google isn't going to know that your website's there and that you are legit. Like if you don't have those phrases in there and get more specific about it or niche down, um, it's going to, Google is going to have a hard time finding you and you're going to have a hard time ranking higher on Google. So those keywords are really specific, um, you know, and again, you can, you can make them as specific as you need for your site so that when somebody does search for something like that, they're, they're, they're finding you. Awesome. Do you have any other examples you could share about keywords? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we definitely, uh, we've got keyword resources here. Abby, I don't know if you want to talk about these. Um, you're, you're a lot closer to those, yeah. but um, there are so many research are so many resources out there for keywords that we, that we love to use. I will say that my favorite resource for keywords is um, Pinterest. I, um, you know, when I started this journey with Abby, I actually didn't know a ton about SEO either. And I've learned a lot over the course of the year and a half that we've had duo. And um, I didn't realize that Pinterest was a great place for keywords. But if you start typing in a question or something that you're looking for on Pinterest, it will automatically start to populate like 10 different things. And you'll see what the most um, searched one is obviously at the top. And then it'll kind of start to show you other searches that people have done. So I find Pinterest to be a really fun one um, for keyword research personally. Mm. For sure. And just even thinking, so I know, Carrie, one of the things that you have is like starting a subscription box and um, you might go through this in your course. So I'm sorry if I'm giving away anything. Actually, so this is awesome. But what's so cool about keywords is they can actually inspire the next product you create or the next box you create. Because if you're not sure where to begin, you can start with subscription boxes for type it into Google or type it into Pinterest or our absolute favorite keyword tools, Ubersuggest. Um, so I think um, we can send you over the link, Carrie, if you want to include it in the show notes. But Ubersuggest is like our absolute favorite tool to use. So if you type in subscription box four, you can see everything pop up. So just a few more examples. Um, people are searching for subscription boxes for uh, Miss to misses. Um, so someone who's a uh, single person getting married, um, they're looking for oh. subscription boxes for that time frame. in 210 uh, monthly searches are for that specific keyword. So that's like a really cool niche you could get into. Um, they're looking for subscription boxes for tweens. So not just teenagers, but tweens. That's actually 1600 
um, monthly search volumes for that. For toddlers is 1900 for couples is 1600 um, And then same. So right now, this is super relevant, but how to have a birthday party in quarantine, there's actually 70 monthly searches for that of people who are looking for solutions on how to do that. So when it comes to subscription boxes and just entertainment industry in general, looking at what people are searching for um, can sort of inspire that next product or that next thing that you want to build. Love that. That's so funny. And it's so interesting too. And I think it just goes to show that you have to really be clear with the intent when you're thinking of keywords and you have to really think, okay, what is my ideal customer actually searching for? So you gave the great example of, you know, you could just put in subscription box or you could put in a search for subscription box for tweens or toddlers. Like it's very specific. It's not, it's not, um, it goes from being very vague to being very specific. So I think that's awesome. For sure. And also, if you think about it, the more specific you get, the more likely you're going to convert that person to being an actual buyer. So um, when you do really big phrases like dog toys, you're never going to outrank Chewy or Target Mm -hmm. for that matter, just because they're so big and they have such a huge volume of website visitors. Google's automatically going to put them first. But when you start adding on to your keywords and adding in that niche that you really serve, then you're going to outrank them and you're going to start attracting your ideal customer who is most likely going to hit the buy button. It's it's so important to be super specific. And where can people, I know that I think it was Abby who is, or Courtney was giving some suggestions on keyword research. So I would love to talk about where people should, okay, so people do their research and then what do they do with that? But Uber suggest you said Pinterest. Is there any other ones that people can use? Yeah. So um, there's Google Keyword Planner and then Keywords Everywhere plugin. And um, again, those are resources that we use on the daily when we're doing um, SEO research for ourselves and for our clients as well. Um, so yeah, tons of tons of resources out there. And like Abby said, we can we can provide those to you after this as well for for some notes. Um, and then another question that we do get a lot too is where should you put these keywords? And um, it might seem a little, <laughs> little overwhelming, but it, it's literally everywhere. You need to infuse your keywords into into every part of your website, and even things like your Instagram bios or you know your Pinterest pin titles and descriptions. You need to consider those keywords for um, all of these platforms that you're on, and within your website. You know, they've, we've got different parts where you need to infuse these keywords. So in your headlines, in your paragraph copy, page title, meta descriptions, um, the list goes on. And we're, I, we're probably not going to dive into that today because it gets, um, you know, it kind of gets to be a lot. And each one of these could almost have their own segment. But um, again, if you don't know any of these terms, Google is your friend. And I'm sure you'll find some answers there. And we also have, you know, we have freebies that we offer that also break these things down too. But you really want to make sure that these keywords are are everywhere as far as copy goes with any platform that you're on. Yeah. So even think about like your individual product pages. Um, people are searching for that specific product that you create. So um, I think even like right now, like mom shirts, mom graphic t-shirts are like such a big thing. People aren't searching for your website that sells mom t-shirts. 
but they're searching for a specific mama bear hoodie or they're searching for a be kind hoodie or like some type of graphic tee that they want. So your individual product pages, if they include those keywords, you'll rank for them. So like, that's what's really cool is you can think of each page you have on your website. And if you have a website that has 20 plus products, you have 20 plus opportunities to rank on Google. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I agree that the the like where to put keywords is definitely a lot of a lot of information. Obviously, it's it's great ones. So we would definitely love to have you come back and maybe dive into some of this. But I can definitely attest they have a really great course. I was lucky enough to win their SEO course a few months ago, and it's really thorough and it's it's such a great resource for anyone who has an e-commerce and a product business. So we'll definitely add that to the show notes, um, and we'll have Courtney and a little bit about their course um, at the end, but I can definitely say it's an awesome course and I'm not, you know, I'm not an affiliate. I'm not getting anything for talking about it. I I always like to, you know, make that clear because I think there's so much affiliate stuff and it can just feel a little sleazy, but I'm being super honest and genuine. Their course is amazing. So I think we, we talked a lot about the importance of SEO, but I think it's something that, you know, you guys really need to be incorporating. So it's definitely a great place to invest. You're sweet. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. All right. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else we can kind of dive into about keywords is I guess just I know that we we probably should move on to something else. But for the keywords where people are placing them, I guess if you could rank from one to five, like what is the most important place that keywords matter the most? Like, is it the page titles? Is it the meta descriptions? Is it like where, where does it matter the absolute most? Oh, that's a hard one. Um <laughs> I just want to say everywhere. (laughs) I know. I was going to say it's kind of Um, a trick question, but I'll just ask it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I actually think, I I think the most important thing is to choose a keyword. So before you start writing your product page or the product page description, or before you start writing your blog post, figure out what that keyword is that people um, might search to find this content. And just keep that in mind as you write everything. Because if you know what you're writing for, you're naturally going to infuse that keyword into the content um, without even having to like place it for Google. It's just going to come really natural to you. So before you even start writing, just figure out the keyword. And then even if you don't include it in all of the right places, you naturally already did the work. And then just just in terms of because I know kind of how I do keyword research and I know sort of some ways I do it. And I don't think that that's the best way. I think it's just, I'm pretty lazy sometimes and I just kind of like do things that are quick. But in terms of, so people are, you know, they they have an idea of who they're targeting. Let's say they're targeting, you know, they're targeting moms and they create, like, I'll just use your example, like the mama bear, um, gra- t- like fun tea graphics. So they know they're, that's who they're selling. They know they're targeting moms. Um, go to one of these web platforms, they do some keyword research, what do they do with the keywords? Like, do you recommend them to keep an ex- like a list in Excel or the- to create a Google Doc and to have keywords under one category? Like, how can people organize the keywords? And this might be, oh, this might be a lot of information, but just trying to think like step by step how people can actually kind of get started today and like get some keyword research done. Yeah. Yeah. So Courtney will disagree with me because I love, <laughs> I love Excel, but I think Excel can be amazing. So, um, I would just start creating tabs in an Excel document. So 
Um, Your first tab can be generic. What do you offer in general? This is think about like your homepage. What would you put on your homepage? Do you sell dog treats? But get more specific, who do you sell dog treats for? For um, dogs that have sensitive tummies? Do you sell dog treats for a specific breed of dogs, small dogs, big dogs, um, whatever it may be? Get really specific with um, your keywords and then just start writing. Like even before you do research, I just start typing in keywords that you think your audience will search for. So just brainstorm, have fun with it, have no restrictions, just start writing and enter and go through all of that. Um, And then you can take those keywords and you can then go plug them into Pinterest and see what comes up. You can plug them into Ubersuggest and see what other keywords come up that might inspire some more uh, ideas on just products you can offer or different audiences you can engage. And then I just do a new tab for every single page, like um, Mm -hmm. a specific product. So if you have mom graphic tees, if that's one of the big um, categories that you create new products for, start making a list in another tab with that and then do that for every product you have. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense that that's kind of what I do. I just didn't know if there's maybe an easier way or um, I don't know. Some people just they have no idea even how to like they don't even know what to do with keywords. So it's good. I'm glad that we could just give them like just a little quick way of organizing them. (laughs) Yeah, I think I mean, just start writing them down. I think that's the um, easiest thing to do is that if you start writing like it doesn't need to be complicated. You don't need this huge platform to categorize keywords for you or pay a million dollars for um, Ahrefs is another tool that costs a good chunk of change, um, which is a wonderful tool and can organize keywords for you. But you don't have to do that. You can do things um, very simply just through an Excel document and just capturing the words that you want. And then what's really awesome, um, we we use Ubersuggest all the time. So we always recommend recommend this platform because it's just so easy and user-friendly. But um, you can, when you type in a keyword, if you type in mom graphic tees or um, mama bear t-shirt, for example, since we're on this topic, mm-hmm. um, it will show you all of the related keywords like that. And then there's also a tab that says questions um, where people are asking questions about that topic. And that category can be used to inspire your blog posts because you can answer that question through your blog. That's awesome. I haven't, that's Neil Patel's, right? Uber Suggest. Yeah. And I, it's weird because I love him so much and I've never used his SEO tool. <laughs> it's awesome. So you get, the tool is completely free. You get three keyword searches a day on their free version. So um, you have to use it wisely, like be smart about what three keywords you want to type in. Mm-hmm. They also have um, lifetime plans that are fairly inexpensive. Um, if okay. you pay $300 one time for life, you get access to the platform. For- oh, wow. <laughs> That's really cheap because, you know, I've used like SAM Rush and I want to say what, they're $200 a month or something. It's crazy. Yes. Same with Ahrefs. It's, yeah, it's insane. So I would definitely, and if you don't know, Ahrefs is actually, it's spelled A-H-R-E-F-S. So it looks Mm -hmm. like a refs, um, but it's pronounced, it's actually pronounced Ahrefs, but um, they're also very expensive. So 
we, the Uber suggest um, tool is just, it's so great, especially if you're just getting started on your SEO journey and $300 doesn't break the bank one time. So yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to have to buy it because I use, I I do love, so I use Google keyword planner and I do use SEMrush. I always will change emails. <laughs> like I always get free trials. It sounds terrible. And I have paid for it a couple of times, but I just, I don't need SEO a lot for what I'm doing right now. And so it's not really necessary for me, even though I do love when I work with a new client, I love to give them, you know, an SEO download with, you know, their keywords and, you know, their competitors and their backlinks, which we can talk about, but it just doesn't warrant the expense for me. But I also do love Neil Patel and I'd rather support him. So I need to kind of get on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he is. Yeah, that platform is amazing. Um, And yeah, That's for awesome. $300, you really can't go wrong. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then, okay, so thank you for kind of breaking down all the keyword stuff. Um, So keywords, so just to kind of summarize, we talked about keywords, how you do your research, how you can organize your keyword list, and then what you do with the keywords. And so as they said, you have to really add them everywhere on your website. And they'll have, they have a couple of freebies and of course they have their course. And so you can really go through some of those guides and you you can learn how, where to put all those keywords. So, um, I'm glad that you guys have all that stuff. Okay. Wow. That was just an amazing episode. I feel like they taught me so much and I'm so excited for you to have listened to all this and just be able to start implementing SEO today. So as a reminder, since we clearly had so much fun talking about SEO, that this is going to be a two-part series and that the second episode will come out next week where we continue our SEO conversation and bring you even more value. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe. And this episode is brought to you by my group marketing program, the Marketing Accelerator. This is my 12-week group coaching program that teaches you how to implement the three key areas of marketing into your product business to help you skyrocket your customers and sales. This includes Instagram, email marketing, and list building. So you can apply today at kerryfitzgerald.com slash group slash coaching slash program. And I will leave that in the show notes and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.